strong values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, I want to invite you to join me this Saturday out at the Wildlife World Zoo Aquarium and Safari Park. It is our red and blue day at the zoo. If you are a police officer or you work in the fire department anywhere here in the valley, be one of the first 1,000 families to show up. It opens at 9 a.m. Get out there. It's at 303 in Northern. Bring your credentials that shows that you work in the fire department or that you are a police officer. Bring your credentials and you will, you and three of your guests will get into the zoo for free. All the rides are free for you throughout the day. It is really a great day. We've done this before. We partner up with the zoo and I want to thank them again at the Wildlife World Zoo Aquarium and Safari Park for doing this with us every year. It's your day. No big program, nothing required of you. If you go to the contest page at KTAR.com, you will find all the details. And we're doing it this Saturday morning in this perfect weather. So please come out and join us. Um, Wall Street chorus grows louder, warning that 2023 will be ugly. Um, Goldman Sachs' David Solomon cautioned that the economy faces bumpy times ahead. Um I, uh, you got like a tale of two things going on here. You've got the great news in Arizona with the chip plant and other uh, businesses are booming here. People are working. It's tough to uh, find employees still because there are so many available jobs, which is all good news. Um, but the nation is facing some tough times. Interest rates continue to go up, which means it's going to hammer the housing market as it has before because it doesn't directly impact mortgage rates. But to some extent, we know that it does. We've seen mortgage interest rates uh, tick up as well and it slowed down the housing market. The problem with that is it has softened prices. It definitely has softened prices. But you know that the things that go into the uh, payment for a home is the price of the home and also the interest rate. So as the interest rates go up, it's still pricing people out of the market. And that's one of the issues that's happening here. One of the interesting headlines is food banks get a lesson in economics and demand as prices soar. Arizona food banks, uh, this is... um, from Scottsdale, uh, Arizona food banks head into the holiday season having to buy more food at higher prices for more clients with fewer donations to help them pay for it. Um, so Angie Rogers from the Arizona Food Bank president said we had a, to purchase more food to be able to keep up with demand. And, of course, we're not able to purchase all of that food at the price that we need as well. I've talked about intentional giving. It's another part of the economy. This is the time of year, I think, when when people are intentional in their giving because we start doing assessments. You know, Thanksgiving, we understand that everybody – I shouldn't say everyone. Most people have issues and you have struggles. And But it's for whatever reason, this time of year, Thanksgiving and then through the Christmas and Hanukkah holidays, the holiday season into the new year, um, people are more mindful of their blessings than they are their problems. And when you're mindful of how blessed you are, you are a lot more mindful about who and what you will give to. And so we talk about intentional giving. Um, I I think that it's one of the best, um, I would say – it's it's something that I am thrilled that I'm able to do. And I think most people are. If you're in a position where you can give, and we have three things to offer the world, money, talent, and time – to differing degrees in our life. There was a time in my life where I had no money but a lot of time. And there's been times in my life where I have more money and very little time. And when it's precious like that, it, it, you you make sure that you you uh, you choose wisely how you're going to give it. And um, 
with the economy in Arizona doing what it's doing right now, the, the sad part about the the enjoyment we should be having is that inflation has crushed a lot of the advantages that people had because we have seen wages increase. There's no doubt about that. But inflation has grown faster than wage increases. You're not seeing a quality of life increase with your pay increase. It's costing more money. A lot of the jobs that have been people are taking now are second jobs. Part of it's seasonal. We understand that part of it is because of this time of year. But more people are having to take a second or a third job in some cases to make ends meet. They're working more and more hours per week in order to keep their heads above water financially. This is going to make it very difficult when families are trying to jump into the housing market. When you see the cost of rent going up the way that it has been, you're seeing more and more people not be able to keep up. And that's to me, is the biggest issue with all of this is – when you see hardworking people that are doing the right thing. So what can be done? That's always been the question. What can be done? And the intentional giving from you and I, from people out there that have the ability to give back, those are the things that are going to carry people through. I keep in close touch with a lot of organizations, St. Mary's Food Bank, St. Vincent. St. Vincent de Paul, United Food Bank. Um, I keep in touch with them, and I, I kind of to find out where they're at. Was it nine? I think it was like nineteen thousand turkeys were given out for Thanksgiving by the people at St. Mary's Food Bank. Nineteen thousand. That is an enormous number. Um, recently, we fed. We we did a meal service at St. Vincent de Paul, and. Um, it is – you can talk about it and kind of know in your mind what the needs are like out there. You can drive past a home, you know, like a homeless camp and, and, and feel sorry, you know, think about, wow, these poor people that are stuck in a position where they don't have a home. But when you're standing in a dining hall and literally hundreds and hundreds of people are lining up where you're serving food for over an hour as people come through the, the, the line of picking up. A tray of healthy food. Uh, it, it, it really it, it, to see that kind of a need is amazing. It is um, it's daunting. And to realize that that's just kind of the tip of the iceberg and what's really out there. Um, so when I talk about the economy, I talk about the, tie, the the chip plant, the TSMC, that plant that's going up in the North Valley in a $40 billion investment. I think it's amazing. When you when you look at the expanse of businesses here and high-paying jobs that are here from this economy, when more people are making more money at their jobs in order to retain employees, they're getting paid more money. All of that is great stuff, but there is a, a, the other end of that economic spectrum, and we can be a part of the solution, and I, I look at private organizations, and I think they are a bigger part of the solution and should be, then um, I'm not anti-government, but they, they just aren't as efficient. When you watch how these organizations squeeze every penny out of every dollar that's donated to them, when you watch them, when you see, when you hear St. Vincent, or I'm sorry, St. Mary's Food Bank say that they're buying seven meals for a dollar, it's pretty amazing that you can donate a small amount of money and they can stretch it that far. Uh, they take great pride in their efficiency with people's times. One of the reasons why we've gone multiple times and we have uh, with the with the we have a, an organization we call the Action Alliance here um, that we started that just gives people like you an opportunity to give back in your community. And so we set up community service events and we let you know through a through a text message. And if you want to just uh, text Action to four one one ninety two three, we'll put you on the list and you'll be 
notified. We'll send you a free T-shirt um, while supplies last. But you can jump in on some of these community service projects with us. And the reason why we've been multiple times to St. Vincent de Paul and multiple times to St. Mary's Food Bank is because they're efficient with the dollars they get, but they're also efficient with the volunteer time. When you go there, it is it is such a an efficient way to donate your time. You're not standing around. You feel like you're accomplishing something by the end of the shift, which is usually a couple of hours long. You look at what you've accomplished, whether you're feeding a meal and you're you know we're preparing and um, when I say preparing, we're getting ready for we're serving a meal, we're cleaning up after uh, with St. Vincent de Paul or with St. Mary's Food Bank if we're packing emergency food boxes, United Food Bank emergency food bags to see the pallets and pallets and pallets of work that's done in a short amount of time. You really do feel like you're contributing. And so um, I just like those private organizations and talking about them and highlighting them because they don't get enough attention and they need our help. And if you can give now is the time because things have gotten so much more expensive for them. Coming up in a moment, we do this at 1120 every day. It's called Did You Hear This? Get you caught up on the biggest news stories. It happens next. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, time to catch up on the big news stories. Did you hear this? Did you hear this? Broomhead's reaction to the hottest news stories. Yesterday, President Biden visited the construction of the TSMC chip plant in Phoenix and talked about the impact it will have on the state's economy. TSMC is investing $40 billion here in Arizona, the largest foreign investment in the history of this state. Over 10,000 construction jobs and 10,000 high-tech jobs will be created. Are these new manufacturing plants the future of Arizona's economy? Yeah, I think the diversity of our economy is the future of our economy. Part of that will be this chip industry. Now, with the I all due respect when you've got uh, companies like Intel that are here and that have been here forever um, and they're expanding as well. Um, when you've got Honeywell is here, another high tech on semiconductor. There are other companies that have been here for a long time. But we now are seeing the 21st century version of a lot of these corporations are finding places around the valley and across the state of Arizona. I think that is our future. And as long as we are able to keep up, as long as our university system and our high school system and our trade system is able to keep up with the growth that we need, our future is going to be very, very bright. And we should all be happy about that because diversifying the economy and bringing in higher paying jobs is just a better quality of life for more people. The Trump Organization was convicted on 17 accounts of tax fraud yesterday and now faces fines of around $1.7 million. But this may be the least of the company's concerns. Given the reputational blow to the company, it uh, could close doors to it uh, in future dealings. Uh, there are you know, banks being uh, reluctant to loan money to, uh, to, to a company that is uh, convicted of fraud. Even though the former president was not on trial here, do you think this could impact his 2024 presidential run? Well, I don't have to be honest with you, I don't know. And here's why. Because the people that love Donald Trump are still going to love Donald Trump. And the people that hate him can't hate him any more than they already do. Um, will this sway middle-of-the-road voters, people that would could go either way to make a choice? I think it hurts him more in a primary because there's going to be a lot more like-minded people to choose from. I think in a general election with the battle lines as they're drawn in this country, it won't be as bad for him there. But I do think it hurts him in a primary process where there will be other choices of like-minded people people. You are listening to Did You Hear This? We do it every day at this time to catch you up on the big headlines. 
A Richmond, Virginia restaurant denied service to the Family Foundation due to their conservative views on same-sex marriages and abortion. The director of government relations for the Family Foundation, Todd Gathgee, shared his thoughts on the matter. It's no secret that we are very much engaged in the public policy debate on a number of controversial issues, but we never expected that we would be denied service at a restaurant based on our religious values or our political beliefs. Is it within the rights of the restaurant to deny services to these customers? Listen, I've been pretty loud about this and saying that if a, if a business does not want to participate in a gay wedding of, of any kind because it violates their religious beliefs, they shouldn't be forced to do this. I would be a hypocrite by saying that this restaurant had to had to be forced. And this is where I think this is where some common ground can be found here. When you look with because it was the LGBTQ employees of this restaurant that refused to work the party. So for all of those involved that refused to work the party, therefore the party did not happen. If they believe they have a right to feel that way, it should be explained to them. That's how people on the other side of that coin feel about participating in your events. I'm not saying it's the right thing to do. I'm saying they have the right to do it. There is a big difference. Do they have that right? Absolutely. In my mind, they do. Members of the 777 Expedition join you today and discuss their goals and fundraising efforts. We're doing this to raise money for Folds of Honor. You know, they take care of the families of the fallen service members and first responders. We're trying to stay with the theme. Seven jumps, seven continents, seven days, and $7 million for Folds of Honor. What do you think of their overall mission? I think it's amazing. I I would never jump out of an airplane unless it was on fire, but um, they were pretty amazing guys. uh, The people involved in the organization that were here today. Two of them are former Navy SEALs. The other one was a Marine Corps sniper. These are people that have risen to the elite levels of the United States military. They are trying to help veterans uh, transition back into the civilian world. They are also raising money for Folds of Honor so that 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 organization can continue to provide scholarships to the members, uh, family members that have fallen in combat or fallen first responders. Noble cause. Very cool thing that they're doing. They're making a documentary about all of this. It is a very cool project, and I hope people will get on board with it. I think it's certainly worthwhile. That is Did You Hear This? We'll do it again tomorrow at 1120. It was really great meeting those guys. I had so much fun with them and talking with them uh, between commercials. One of the guys also is uh, the marketing. I think he's marketing director for Black Rifle Coffee. Um, well, listen, that's that's. I have so much of that stuff delivered to my house. It was good. I should have told the guys that I feel like I should be handing you a, a fistful of cash because I'm always, but we're always buying that at my house. I love the coffee. Anyway, it was such a great time meeting them. What we're going to do in a moment is we're going to talk about election day because the governor has jumped on board with an idea and then there was a tweet that was put out today by the county recorder in Maricopa County that could expedite counting of votes. Is that something that we're going to do in the future? We'll talk about these ideas next. And strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. A couple of different things. We've been talking about elections. It seems like we're always talking about elections, but it was stolen elections and how to fix elections and what makes them better. And there's a big difference. And and I'm someone that believes any time that you can do, and there always will be a debrief, there always should be, and Maricopa County has a lot to answer for, both internally and to the voters in Maricopa County. There were a lot of issues on election 
fucking day that should never happen again. And they should be going in. They should be doing whatever is necessary to make sure that they don't, that the people of Maricopa County know that when they show up on Election Day to vote, that the voting machines or the tabulation machines will work, that the printers are working properly. And I would venture to say that even the people on the Board of Supervisors would agree that that is job one for them right now is to restore the confidence that the election system will run smoothly in Maricopa County. But there is a big difference, A, between mistakes and cheating. Big big difference between mistakes that were made and cheating. That doesn't mean that it was easy on, on Election Day. That doesn't mean that at all. But there is a big difference. I don't believe they cheated. I, you will never convince me that some of the people – and it, it doesn't make sense that they would because some of them are diehard – just staunch Republicans. I don't know why they would screw over other Republicans. They just it doesn't make sense. But I don't want to go down that road. I want to talk about the things that we can do to make it safer and to make it easier to vote and easier to count the votes. The governor has signed on to an idea that I've been talking about now for weeks on the air, but he has formally come out and said it would be a great idea, a great thing if voters in Maricopa County who vote early, if you have an early ballot. So there's early ballots and then there's what they call late earlies. I know it's confusing, but it's the voters that bring their votes in. They bring their ballots in and drop them off on Election Day. They are in the early ballot envelopes. They've got the signature on the outside. They just aren't put in the mail. They are dropped off at a polling place on Election Day. Those are called late earlies. If the people that showed up with late earlies, if you get out of your car to drop your ballot off, you should be able to expedite the process, which means verify your signature just like you would if you were voting in person. Verify your signature if you want to, if you want to. And then once you are verified that you are the voter who is carrying that ballot in. Then you would take your ballot out of the envelope and you would put it in the tabulation machine. It would be counted on Election Day. That's what the governor is behind. Um, Stephen Richer, county recorder in Maricopa County, tweeted out earlier about expediting um, election results. Start early voting seven days earlier, which I don't think a lot of people are going to be in favor of because people already think we shouldn't have an election month. We should have an election day. But that's what the idea coming from Stephen Richer. Early ballots must be dropped off by 5 p.m. on Saturday before Election Day or returned by the United States Postal Service per usual 7 p.m. on Election Day. Allow county to have two days of in-person election day voting and on-site tabulation, 95% of results on election night. Um, so th- that's just some of the ideas that are being thrown out there. Uh, the reason why I bring this up is the election has now been certified. There is not a mechanism in place to reverse an election. Now, there are lawsuits that should be heard. I am in favor of transparency. I mean real transparency. What I mean by that is if you have a beef, if you have a legitimate claim, take it to court and let the people hear it. I, I'm, listen, I don't want to see someone – I don't care what party you're in. I don't want to see someone that has invested so much time, so much effort, so much money in an election to have that election stolen from them if they believe it's stolen. And there is a difference between somebody must have cheated or we have evidence of wrongdoing. But this affects everyone, not just a candidate. This affects everyone in the state of Arizona, everyone in the county where you vote. We are all impacted by elections. Whether we vote or we don't, we are impacted by the results of elections. 
And here's the funny thing about this. I don't believe that the election was stolen. And there are people within my party who want me thrown out. There was actually a guy that posted on my Instagram page that I'm someone I'm another one of these people that should be run out of Arizona. I just laughed when I saw I read that. I thought, isn't it funny how I'm not talking about the people that when I say election denier, it's just an identifying term. I certainly don't mean it as an insult, but the people that deny the results of the election. I certainly have never said get out of my party. I've never said get out of my state. I've never said get out of anywhere, but I've sure had it said to me a lot by them. I find it fascinating that the very people that need my vote, the very people that need me to vote for them, are the very people that until Election Day want to tell people like me to get out. It's fascinating that they don't understand that telling people to get out is never a good thing to do, especially when we disagree on one issue. So that's the part of this that really is not humorous to me, but it's 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 frustrating sometimes. But I do laugh. I think, man, how how is it you got to the point where anybody that disagrees with you on this issue, this issue triggers you to the point that you want these people gone? Um, The Justice Department has subpoenaed Arizona, Michigan and Wisconsin, specifically Maricopa County um, and, and about the contact with President Trump's campaign and the president's uh, former president's office in respect to the January 6th attack on the Capitol. The subpoena, at least three of which are dated November 22nd, indicate the Justice Department is extending its examination of the circumstances leading up to the attack. Well, I'm hoping that this is done sooner rather than later. I want to move on, and I think people, a lot of these other people should be moving on. Maricopa County officials confirmed Tuesday they had received a subpoena for communications with former President Donald Trump, his staffers, and his allies. Similar requests were sent to locals of key battleground states that Trump lost in 2020. In Maricopa County, the subpoena comes 17 months after the Republic, the Arizona Republic, first reported that Trump and his allies made calls to pressure county supervisors into changing the results of the election that he narrowly lost to Joe Biden in Arizona. County spokesperson Fields Mosley said Tuesday that officials receive the subpoena and will comply. Um, I don't think that anybody – there is no mechanism in place for a, a, a new election, especially going back to 2020. Um, 2022 is not going to be changed, and what we need to do as, as citizens is ensure that people believe in the election system, and we need to move forward. And I don't know why that is uh, that is conjured up so much outrage in people. There is nothing that is going to be done that is going to change the results of 2022. There is no legal mechanism. So you have to either change existing laws so it doesn't happen in 2024 or you've got to fix things to make sure that the election has integrity for 2024 These are the questions that people should be asking. Again, I I talked about uh, Cochise County and Mojave County and what they were going to do and what they weren't going to do. And I believe it was Cochise County that was questioning. They ended up certifying the election after a judge forced them to. But Cochise County was asking about the validity of the certification of the voting tabulation machines. And what frustrated me about that is if you believe that the voting machines were tampered with or were not certified properly, you should have asked that question and pushed for that before one ballot was ever put into those machines.
You should have said, we don't believe, we want the credentials on these machines. We want to see that they have been properly certified before we put one ballot through those machines. When you don't do that and you do it after the fact, after candidates that you support lose, it makes it look as if you are this, it's sour grapes. That's where the problem lies. That's where the problem lies. We had a conversation earlier today uh, in reverse from one that we've had before about the First Amendment. Do you have a right to refuse service as a business owner? I think it's a great place to go back and talk again. So we're going to do that coming up here in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Thanks for being here. Um, great conversation. I love some of these stories where it, it makes people think. And, and I'm having some interesting conversations with people that agree with me and disagree with me. I think those are the best kind, the more interesting conversations that make you think. Um, and I, I am of the opinion that if you're a business owner, they say we have a right to refuse service to anyone. And I, I believe that's true. An individual has the right to do things as well, and you can't violate those rights, especially when it comes to your religious principles. The First Amendment protects your religious freedoms. To believe what you want to believe, to practice that belief, and not to be forced to practice something that you don't believe. That was part of the reason, you know, when, when the when people came to this country, religious freedoms were very, very important. That you have the ability, and our founding fathers were very clear and making sure that you had a right to worship whatever God you want or no God at all if you don't want to without repercussions from the government. And what we have seen now in the world of political correctness is that's getting skewed because before you marginalize someone, then you call them dangerous. And so that's what we have seen. The, the uh, This all started out with the LGBTQ community and talking about being forcing businesses to do business with them. It's a ridiculous principle anyway. It's the idea is crazy. Uh, anything for a wedding, make the cake, cater, whatever it is. Why would you want to plunk down good money? And it's usually a lot of money for a wedding to work with someone for any reason that doesn't want to work with you. If somebody doesn't like me because I'm a registered Republican, then I'll take my business somewhere else. If there's somebody that can't get past my political beliefs or my Second Amendment beliefs, my pro-life beliefs, if they can't get past that and they don't want to do business with me, I'm not calling the police because they tell me they don't want my money. I'll take my business elsewhere and I'll tell everybody I know that they didn't do business with me for whatever reason it was they won't. That's just how it works. I'm certainly not going to politicize a wedding day, whether it's my wedding or one of my kids' weddings. Um... I'm not going to politicize it. I'm not going to add stress to a stressful day anyway by doing business with someone that doesn't want to. That's the way I believe. But should the law be able to force it to happen? So the argument was about businesses. I think it was a woman that uh, has had, does uh, builds websites for weddings, and she d- says she doesn't want to do them for same-sex weddings because it violates her religious principles. She has a right to feel that way. She has a right to believe that. She has a right to practice her faith. If this were a Muslim person that didn't believe in gay marriage, should they be forced? If this was a Muslim caterer, should they be forced to cook for uh, cook pork for an event or serve pork? And the answer is no, no. And this is where um, the law is is questioning all of these things. Well, here is a real thing that happened in Virginia. There was a very conservative Christian group 
that believes in traditional marriage, that believes in being pro-life, that was refused at a restaurant. They had a party scheduled at a restaurant. None of the LGBTQ employees at the restaurant would work the party. The restaurant canceled the party, said it was because it had a group of donors, brought a group of donors uh, to a political organization that seeks to deprive women in the LGBTQ plus persons of their basic human rights in Virginia. This business has a right to do that. If they want to not serve these people, and this is what's interesting, it was the it was the members of the gay community, it was the LGBTQ plus employees who refused to do the party. Well, if you are the ones that are saying someone should be forced to perform their services for your wedding, then you believe that you should be forced to work that party. And I'll say something here. I don't get offended very easily. So if you don't believe what I believe, I like when you say, I disagree with you. I'm I'm disagreeing with somebody right now. We're disagreeing on Facebook. We've disagreed about a number of things. Never met this person. Probably will never have a face-to-face interaction with this person. But when they come to you and they say, you're wrong on this, you're completely wrong on this, I'm never offended by that. I would rather have a conversation with them and say, and this is why I disagree. I don't ever presume that I'm going to change their mind, that they're going to say, you know what? Good point. I now have changed my opinion. I don't believe that's true. But I have a lot of friends. When I was young, most of my friends smoked weed. I never did. They never asked me to. They never forced me to. The peer pressure wasn't there. And they didn't hold it against me that I didn't. They didn't disown me because I didn't do what they wanted me to do or what they were doing. We have to get past that. We've got to get past it. All right, you hear the music. We're just about out of time. So uh, if you're a social media user, this is how I tell you to reach me. At Broomhead KTAR is where you find me on Twitter. Um, at Broomhead Show updates you on the show. So follow those two accounts. Or Mike Broomhead, all one word on Instagram. Those are the ways you can keep in touch with me between shows. I love the interaction. I love the conversation. I love civil discourse on and off the air. So please stay in touch. Reach out. Let me know what you like, what you don't like. And let's have a conversation. I think it's the best way to solve our problems or at least find a place of mutual respect. I'll be back tomorrow morning starting at about 8 a.m. like I always am for the show. Hope you can join me then. Have a great day, everyone. God bless.